Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. podcast on the athletic network it's wednesday february 28th 2024 i'm jay Skeets here in the classic factory and alongside me as always that's tass mellis happy last day of the month that's not the last oh. Day. Oh. next to him it's the bearded one matasha hot boy trey kirby hey yo and over yonder making the magic happen super producer jd hello there he is and here we are happy survivor day to Woo. all who celebrate yeah jd's fired up but we got a fun podcast about basketball on today's show. Uh, we're going to jump into the up-down report to debate LeBron calling out the media about Bronny's mock draft projections. Mm-hmm. He deleted the tweets. And uh, we'll discuss whether or not the league should eliminate the corner three-pointer. Oh, yeah, baby. that's coming up later. But we had a ton of games last night. And we had an insane ending in Cleveland. Max Struess nailing a 59-footer just before time expired to give the Cavs the thrilling 121-119 victory over the Dallas Mavericks, the second longest game-winning shot at the buzzer in NBA history in the three-point era. <laughs> Max Struess just caught fire late in this game, Tass, and uh, hit one of uh, you know the most insane shots we've seen in quite some time. Gosh, golly gee. That's all I said while I was watching this game live <laughs> because it was a roller coaster because it felt like the Mavs had this thing. You get a 40 job from Luka, you get a 30 job from Kyrie Irving, but then you need Max Struess to come in and just hit three after three after three after three. It feels like, oh, the Cavs are leading here. He hit four threes in just over a minute. <laughs> but then as the Cavs are just up one, Evan Mobley tries to inbound the ball and the ball gets hit out of bounds. Okay, so the Mavs inbound. Evan Mobley looked like he almost had a steal. He goes for it, yep. but then somehow the Mavs get inside. P.J. Washington scores. Then he starts flexing. (laughs) He was flexing, baby. Oh, oh, baby. (laughs) Then I thought Evan Mobley, who caught the inbound, was going to go shoot that three ball. Most guys would. Of course. Of course. He's he's like Chris Bosh. He could hit a half-court shot. No problem. (laughs) That doesn't happen. He makes a smart play of giving it to Max Struess, who inbounded the ball to him and starts sprinting up and has all the momentum coming through him. And he just puts it up. It's not like a heave. It's just a pure form shot that cashes out. What a shot. And P.J. Washington all of a sudden gets deflated. He's like that big, muscular guy that goes... All of a sudden, while that guy just 
hit a beautiful shot. I mean, that was just pure stuff right there. What do you think? Yeah, a pure swish. <laughs> yeah. And you're right. Like when they show him shooting the shot, it's just like he's shooting a leaner. Yeah. Oh, yeah. man, that was incredible to see. You mentioned the four threes in 67 seconds. A lot has to go right uh, to pull off a comeback like this. There was that weird... <laughs> Uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. Kyrie Irving turnover yeah. that happened. At one point, Donovan Mitchell banked in a three. But, man, the Struess bomb. According to Automatic NBA on Twitter, Max Struess, first player of the play-by-play era with five threes without a miss in the final five minutes of a single-digit game. Wow. The dude was incandescent last night. <laughs> awesome stuff. Yeah, I hope that's not forgotten. Like, it probably will be, unfortunately, but, like, we'll see this clip now anytime someone hits a 40 to 60 or plus game winner at the buzzer. You know, we'll see the highlight compilations. We always get to be reminded of Devontae Graham hitting his 61-footer in that wild game against OKC. But what I was going to say is I hope we don't forget that we only got here to the Struce 59-foot game winner because he caught fire, like you said, Trey. They're down 10 with like four minutes to go, and they had the lead two minutes later because he couldn't miss threes, and you had Donovan Mitchell chipping in. I just hope that part in this wild, incredible shot uh, is not lost to time. It's like he hit four before this down the stretch to get us to this one. It's true. This is the highlight that people will notice. That of people, course. That people are going to notice. Because this is why sports is great. You saw Markeith Morris on the Mavs bench just go from happy watching that thing go up to, oh, gosh. But this was awesome. It was awesome in that it felt like the Mavs had a way to do things uh, to win this game. Because you get that 45 from Luka, you get a 30 from Kyrie going back to his home where they're going to retire his jersey. That's for sure. And only one more double-digit guy, Mm. P.J. Washington. So just three double-digit guys. And it looks like, okay, they figured it out. But then just Struess just catching absolute fire to turn this thing around. And there's so many fives. Like We like to talk about fives. Lots of fives fives in Struess, baby. Five for five in the quarter, 15 points from 59 feet. Could have been 60 feet. Anyways, there's a nine there. But, uh, and as you said, five threes without a miss in the final minutes of clutch time, which is, you said that's never been done? Uh, at least in the play-by-play era since 1996-97 oh, okay. season. Wow. In, yeah, in a game that in ended a that close game. game. A close yeah. game, yeah. Okay. Right, right, yeah. right, right. It's sort of incredible, like... So many guys may have panicked also in that moment because, yeah, it was a chaotic finish there, right, with P.J. Washington scoring inside after the Lucas sort of broken play. I don't know. Maybe half the guys in the league maybe think they have a timeout and are, like, calling a timeout, calling a Chris Webber. He doesn't do that. Like you said, him inbounding the ball to Mobley, most guys, I assume, turn around and just heave it up themselves, but he has the wherewithal to, like, no Struce is going to become screaming in here. Give it to the guy who's just hit four threes. Why not? I like your odds. Gives it to him. You know, the one dribble. He's still like, again, he didn't get it right away and shot it. Got himself a little bit closer. And then the Swiss job. I mean, that's the thing. It was like, it's almost unfair to call it like a miracle shot or like, a, you know, a heave even. It was a shot. It was a shot. It was a shot for a guy that was cooking and obviously in rhythm. And, you know, Luca sort of right there in the picture, yeah. but didn't challenge it enough. Why sort of would you? You're 60 feet away. You don't want to foul him. Yep. Um, Could he have blocked man. it? I know this is... Yeah, you this, can't you can't risk fouling a guy on that. Especially right. after some of the calls that were happening right. the previous 10 seconds of the game. You never know what's going to happen there. But you look at some of these other super long game-winning buzzer beaters, and you're right, they're bank shots. Those ones are heaves where you're just chucking yeah. it up. Struce post-game said, 
I knew it was going in. <laughs> and he shot it like he knew it was going in. Apparently, he had like a 75-footer in college right. that went to number one uh, like on ESPN's top ten plays. So maybe he's the best three-quarter court shooter in the league. <laughs> Could be. Yeah, the D2 shot. This guy was in D2. It's a great story. Starting the finals last year with the Miami Heat to now being a guy that they signed here to kind of save the day uh, in this particular game. Can't wait to see them in the postseason and, and what they become. But, yeah, a lot of guys chipping in uh, for the, the, the Cavs in this one. Uh, but he gets the story, yeah. he, obviously. Incredible. I always like when something like this happens in an NBA game, I'm always like, that was someone's first ever NBA game. Yeah. Like either either maybe watching it on television, but really being there in person. You know, somebody was there in attendance for the first time ever at an NBA game, and they got this happening where your team is down, and they come storming back and then win it on a, a shot like that. There was a viral tweet going around yesterday. What's your game that you were That's at? Right. That's, That's right. going to be somebody's answer. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. a great answer. Um, and you speaking of fives, Tass, one five that wasn't out there for this comeback was Evan Mobley. Mm. The Cavs went to a small lineup, yeah. which they had a ton of success with when they went on their big run when Garland and Mobley were out. Obviously, Mobley gets on the court at the end in the defensive situations, but the Cavs said, we got to score a whole bunch of points here because the Mavs are obviously a great scoring team with Luka and Kyrie combining for 75. They went small. They got a ton of threes up. When Struess hit the second one in those like six seconds after the weird turnover with uh, the inbounds thing, yeah. he got it up so fast they didn't even catch it on the broadcast. Right, right. Wild. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and they go to him as the sh- the guy who's going to take the shot because Donovan Mitchell is not on the floor because they're not going defense with Donovan Mitchell. Right. After the Mavs called a timeout to inbound the ball, so Mitchell's not on there, but he probably would have shot that ball. That's probably you who probably they would have gone to. Him. Yeah. They probably they probably give it to him, but it also works out for them because JB Bickerstaff used all their team timeouts. They're all gone, and so they have to inbound it really quick. And Struess has to <laughs> Struess gets a Pretty good look. You know, a pretty good look. I mean, it's 60 freaking feet away. <laughs> but he gets an open look, uh, which may have not happened if they had called a timeout and the Maz were able to play defense. Amazing stuff. What a shot there from Max Drews. What an ending to that game. And, you know, big win. Obviously, the Cavs continue to, like, rack up more wins than losses here over a 25-game sample at this point. And the Mavericks, this could be one that, again, I keep saying this every day here, but these 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 standings are so tight, especially in the Western Conference, that who knows what this has on their impact of where they are in the standings. They also had another tough loss to the Cavs earlier this season where I think the Cavs scored like 15 straight and stormed back to win that game uh, in Dallas. So that's two here now to uh, Cleveland this year that you wonder, again, will have any consequence on where they are in the standings and whether they're hosting home court or whether they're in the play-in. Who knows? Yeah. And same with the Cavs. They would have been yeah. tied with the Milwaukee Bucks for second seed True. if they had lost this game, but they bump up after, again, uh, it was a Luka Kyrie show out there. That's what I yeah, felt watching this game, 45 and 30. For yeah. Uh, well, moving on, Chris Paul made his return, played well for the Warriors. They picked up the 123-112 win over the Wizards. Warriors a plus 17 in Chris Paul's 22 minutes in a game where Steph Curry was scoreless in the first <laughs> half. Clay Thompson, though, uh, continuing his hot streak now as a guy coming off the bench. Um, but, yeah, what would you think of Chris Paul, specifically TK, 
in his return to the Warriors, he missed a good chunk of time, obviously, and uh, you know helped them get this victory over the Zards, of course. But <laughs> do you consider is... this a revenge game for Chris Paul? Should <laughs> <laughs> have had a little bit of time there in Washington, sure. maybe touched ground <laughs> in the nation's capital, but probably not. But Chris Paul, yeah, I thought he looked pretty solid. He didn't necessarily want to shoot, I didn't think, but they left him open enough times, knocked down three threes. He was a plus seventeen on the night, yep. uh, and he looked like he had some solid pick-and-roll chemistry, no surprise, with Trace Jackson Davis and Jonathan Kuminga as well. Kuminga was eaten all night. It's complicated, though, because I think it's going to be hard for Steve Kerr to decide on rotations here. Mm-hmm. They've got a lot of guys playing now, and they got a lot of guys playing well now. Chris Paul plays a style that you kind of got to fit around him rather than yeah. the other way. Clay Thompson has just moved to the bench as well. Call him Clay Allen, the way he's shooting. 25 points, six threes in his five games off the bench, 45% from three, averaging 20 points per game. That has worked. He has bought into the six-man role, but you can't go 11 or 10 deep, really, in the playoffs. No. So who's the guys that are actually going to get cut uh, from the rotation? For the Warriors, Sarge would be my number one choice. But I feel like Moody hopped into the starting lineup last night for Andrew Wiggins. He looked awesome. Yeah. This guy's great when he actually gets minutes, but he seems to be the guy that Steve Kerr usually leaves out, and I don't think that should be the case. Yeah, the interesting thing with Moses Moody is that he's linked, in a way, with Jonathan Kuminga as one of these young guys that should be getting more minutes. What Steve Kerr was given a lot of hell for when he wasn't giving him those minutes. And then you see Moses Moody enter the starting lineup because he wanted to keep the bench the same. <laughs> That's exactly why he was in there for Andrew Wiggins, out with personal for personal reasons, excuse me. Hopefully he comes back. But yeah, Moses Moody is just, just good. They have a lot of guys now. It's totally true. Will Chris Paul close games? And will their closing lineup be him, Steph, and Clay? That'll be you know a little bit of a smaller lineup I'd imagine uh, and so it all sort of depends on on who they're playing but he led yeah just giving Clay the ball that was smart <laughs> and mm-hmm. also a, a great defense I mean this team was is ready for a fight and they're now tied with the Lakers for ninth in the old lesser covered standings uh, but he was Chris Paul was just good defensively and you talk about yeah maybe a revenge game for Chris Paul I was watching Jordan Poole on the other side. Maybe this will be a bit of a, reflen- a revenge game for Jordan Poole. It was not. No. Uh, Chris, Paul, <laughs> Chris Paul was good uh, against him. He was deflecting his passes. And then Jordan Poole at the end got called for a palming carry mo- call. That doesn't happen too often. <laughs> happens in the to Jordan NBA. Poole more than any other yeah, guy. I he feel probably like. leads the league. Yeah, That's true. And he looked good. His first shot was a tough shot in Steph's eye. Very tough shot, but then he just couldn't get the rolls to go for him. So a rough game against his older team. He's now coming off the bench yeah. for the Washington Wizards over and over and over again because uh, they can't find a flow for him. Yeah, nearly 30 minutes for Jordan Poole off the bench, 5 of 17, 2 of 8 from deep, 5 assists, but 6 turnovers, though he was a plus 8 uh, in his minutes uh, there off the pine. Um, yeah, but back to the Warriors, you're right. Now now with Chris Paul here, obviously you got Curry and then you got Clay coming off the bench, Pojemski deserves minutes has earned those rights to those minutes and he'll continue I think to start oh yeah Gary Payton the second is back obviously a guy that you can lean on for defense so you're right this idea of uh just trying to find all these guys enough minutes and what works and what lineups and who you'll end with something to watch here for uh, Steve Kerr as he tries to get this team out of the play and into the playoffs um but you know good problem to have I guess and you just saw like Chris Paul's impact I know again it's the Zards but just first off he looks spry because he hadn't played in so long so I thought he had a little pop to him for an older guy and just he just calms everything's down he's just the traffic cop out there and and like you see how that affects guys like 
Kaminga just gets so much easier shots. He, Chris Paul's like telling him where to go. He's like seeing the play, how it's going to unfold. He's like, okay, we're going to do a high pick here. You're going to, they're going to fade this way, and then you're going to have an alley-oop. I'll throw it before you even start running to the net. And there was that one particular play. So uh, good stuff there from Chris Paul. Yeah, and he was asked about closing games after the, after the entire game was over, and he played it safe. To Anthony Slater of The Athletic, he basically said, Steve Kerr told me that he's going to play it, you know, by his feeling every yeah, single game because yeah. they just got so many guys. Yeah. So who knows? Moving on, the Wolves and the Thunder. I'm lumping their two wins together here. They both won. They stay tied atop the Western Conference standings at 41 and 17. Yet Anthony Edwards scoring 34 as the Wolves beat the Spurs 114-105. No Carl Anthony Towns, also out for personal reasons there. And then SGA scored 31 as the Thunder beat the Rockets 112-95. OKC's sixth straight win. Um, any thoughts on the Wolves and Thunder taking care of business last night against, you know, teams that are either at the bottom of the Western Conference standings or the Rockets who are fighting or a scrappy bunch? Um, but what do you think of those two teams at the top of the West, TK? I would say Bisman-like. Yeah. Uh, for Minnesota in particular, Anthony Edwards, 34 points, took him 29 shots, so not the most efficient night, but he was just so aggressive getting into the lane the entire time. My favorite play, though, uh, Rudy Gobert absolutely cooked Victor Wembanyama at mm, one point. Yeah. This might be a career highlight for Rudy Gobert on the offensive end of the court. He drives middle, spins back baseline to his left, pump fakes, and then dunked on Wembenyama, nice. a guy who he's kind of like mentored as he come yep. into the league. I'm sure he's texting him that after the game. Hey, you see this? You were right there, sucker. So <laughs> a nice win for the Wolves, and then the Thunder did their thing as well against the Rockets team that has kind of hit a wall here. Mm-hmm. A lot of great stuff from both these these games. You're right about Rudy giving it to Wembenyama, who is being talked about as – Maybe the best defensive player ever quite soon. And Rudy Gobert, a great defensive player, just dunks on his face. But the Wemby pull that he made, beyond the three-point line, he just started going crossover, 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 crossover. Then he hits a three, and he turned before the ball went down. It was a Steph Curry. That's going in, and he turned. Now, he didn't have a great shooting night. That's what people, I guess, will look at. But this is a highlight. This is a (laughs) Steph Curry highlight. I'm going down the other way. That's why this... Great shot by Max Struess. I wish it happened the night before, but there's only four games. There's just so many games. There's so many stories, <laughs> yeah, I think, in, in this one. But that Wemby play, very cool. In a game where Anthony Edwards left the game with a sprained ankle, looked like he may not come back yeah. in this game. But he came back and had a huge jam and, and huge three and, and feeling good. So great game for the Wolves. You said Bismin like Bismack Biombo playing for those OKC. <laughs> right. yeah, they had him in the huddle there after the game they, they there, did, the, yeah. the, the walk-off interview. Yeah. Uh, I have a very obscure stat for you, too, by way of basketball reference. This season, Shea Gildas-Alexander has set the NBA record for most games in a single season with exactly 31 points. He did it again last night, like I said. He's up to 10 games this year where he has 31. I love that because I remember one point a couple weeks ago saying, does it not feel like he has 31 every second game? Yeah, he sort of does. He beat Oscar Robertson and Charles Barkley, who had eight exactly 31-point games in their seasons. Oscar Robertson back in the 60s, Barkley when he was with Philly. So there you go, SGA, number 31. Change your number to that, I guess, because that that's, that's his number. He just gets to it more times than not. Three minus one. That's right. Gets to two. Also had 31 in the All-Star game. Oh. Jim Carrey. Uh, all right. Topsy Crutz? That's the dumbest movie I've ever seen, man. No, it's not, but it's in the top five. I forgot about Topsy Crutz. Topsy Crutz. What is that movie? I, I mean, I'm a, Number 23. Number 23. <laughs> so Topsy dumb. Crutz. 
Oh. Great pull on that. I had forgotten about that. Yeah, that's why Twitter is good, is they just put up videos of just random videos. I just watched Jim Carrey Dumb and Dumber, and I was like, oh, yeah. Like Twitter is... whole movie? No, no, no. Uh, it's just like highlight. He was driving. He was driving. Where's your Where's your flight to? Aspen. Oh, California. Beautiful. Yeah, you know, you know that. You know that scene. Uh, TK, I got to bring up this game here uh, because it, it's big in the nut dust bowl standings between Tass and I, and it involves your team uh, laying a stinker. Cade Cunningham scored 26. Pistons beat your Bulls 105-95. They, they stopped a six-game slide, and uh, I, I know your Chicago Bulls struggled with the three-point shot last day. <laughs> Nine wins this season for the Detroit Pistons. Two against the Chicago Bulls. <laughs> but the basketball gods are just. The Pistons are coming off two heartbreaking losses. Yeah. The Paolo Boncaro game winner, the mm. Dante DiVincenzo tackle, <laughs> and they absolutely got paid back last night because the Bulls went two for 29 wow. from three point last night. 6.9%. Not, Not nice. nice. Mm. The worst of any team that has taken 28 or more in a game. Ever. Wow. You could call this the worst high-volume three-point shooting night in NBA history from the Bulls. Two for 29. Two from deep. for 29. Who, who hit it? Vucci Baby hit one? I think uh, he hit one. I don't one. even remember who hit yeah, him because uh, I, so. I didn't see one go in when I, was, <laughs> when I was watching. I checked the tracking data today on NBA.com. One attempt was considered tight defense. Defender within two to four feet. Missed that one. Yeah. All the rest were considered open, four to six feet, the closest defender, or wide open. Six plus feet is the closest defender. They went two for 28 (laughs) on open and wide open three-point shots. Asar Thompson, he's now shooting 17% from three this season. He hit two last night. Two for four. Tied the team. The Bulls forced 18 turnovers, turned the ball over only six times. They won the points in the paint battle, 50 to 42. They out-rebounded the Pistons on the offensive glass, 15-8. to eight. Free throws, about even. But they were minus 30 from the three-point yeah. line. That'll to be- make or miss league, and they missed a lot. Holy crap. Yes, yeah, so Vucci Baby hit one. He went one for seven, which was great percentages on the night for the oh, team. Boy. And uh, Dale and Terry hit one. He was one for two. Should have went through him more. Yeah. It, it sounds like his percentage went up. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Wow, what a crazy <laughs> result. But, crazy, but big win for the Pistons. Obviously, I already talked about the Wizards losing. You and I are tied. They both have nine wins right now. They both have nine wins. Yeah. Technically tied. I feel like I'm way far ahead. I know. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I mean, the Wizards didn't win a game in February. Uh, I don't think the Blazers did either. But, yeah, the Wizards played like 11 or 12 games in February, and they're on a 12-game losing streak. (laughs) You're right. The Pistons are much better than the Washington Wizards. They're trending up. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Monty Williams is playing the good players on his team. Uh, Cade Cunningham is Cade Cookingham right now. That guy is hot. (laughs) 9 of 13 yesterday. 10 of 19 the game before. 11 of 20 the game before. 13 of 21 the game before. Over 50% four straight games. Guys become extremely efficient in year two for him. Yeah, it's year three, but he only played 12 games last year. That doesn't count. So he just look, He just looks great. And Asar Thompson just stands in the corner, lets it rip. Uh, the, the, the corner three, will it still exist for Asar Thompson in the future? I can't <laughs> Because he is. Yeah, you're right. Are you saying he should stop working on it maybe? Yeah, well, because you never know if it's going to be taken out of the game. It'll be there. It's just going to be worth two. It's oh. not going to be worth three. That's true. <laughs> Good point. you got to stand Still somewhere. Shoot it. you got to stand somewhere. <laughs> so, but he hit two last night. He tied his uh, season high. He hit that big one the night before yeah. against the New York Knicks. He just stands in the corner. 
And you find you find him. He has to get some good looks. He has to play too. I mean, look, he can't shoot a three. We get that, but hopefully that ticks up, up, up over his career. He does everything else pretty damn well, uh, and he's he is a winning player in that regard. I think so. Nice to see him. Uh, nice to see the Pistons get a win after yeah, sort of got hosed those last two games. That could have been a they three, deserved a could win. have been a three game win streak there uh, for the Detroit. Yeah, Pistons. yeah, it could have been. Uh, all right, the other games last night. Uh, you know, Jalen Brown scored thirty one. Celtics pulled away in the fourth. They beat the 76ers. They continue their hot streak. The Bucks rolled to a one twenty three eighty five win over the Hornets. Jimmy Butler, Terry Rozier, they're back in the lineup. He beat the Blazers by 10. Franz Wagner scored 21. Magic crushed the Nets. Jalen Johnson had 22 points. Hawks never trailed in a runaway. Dominant victory over the Jazz. <laughs> no Trey Young, of course. On John Collins' night. Man. Oh, my goodness. And then um, the Pelicans pulled away in the second half to beat the injury-depleted Knicks, 115-95. Any thoughts on any of those games? Yeah, Quinn Snyder... Coming back mm-hmm. to uh, to face his old team. He's not coming back, but he's facing his old team, Utah head coach, formerly. Now he's the Hawks head coach. But you had guys coming back in Colin Sexton, Walker Kessler. They're from Georgia. Uh, so, yeah, the, uh, the Hawks are ready to go. They just played really hard defense. Maybe they're playing it for Quinn. They played hard defense in the lane, and, and they stopped guys some way, somehow that happened. Uh, the Celtics win over the Sixers was Super interesting because I thought that was going to be the worst shooting team of the night. They couldn't shoot the three. Oh yeah, at all. Celtics. Yeah, they hit like only six, right? Yeah, it was five, 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 five oh, yeah. for twenty-two, five of twenty-two, five for twenty-two. Yeah, yeah. And somehow they were able to do it. Yeah, the Sixers hit way more threes. That's good. That's a good sign for the Celtics. In all honesty, exactly. They, they shoot a ton. They hit a ton of threes. So to win games like this, where you know it's not dropping, and to win it in comfortable fashion, they blew them out. Yeah, that's good. That's really good. They, I know they talked about it after the game. Jay King at the Athletic mentioned that the Celtics had been one and six with Joe Missoula as the coach when they make less than ten threes in the game. So that was yeah. smart of them to actually get inside and get some buckets. But I'm a little worried about the Sixers. Mm. They're yeah. four and twelve in their last sixteen games. They're only a half game up on Orlando right now. Orlando has the easiest schedule remaining in the league. Joel Embiid is supposed to be reevaluated next week. Mm. If he doesn't come back, the Sixers might be falling into the play-in tournament because yep. they have been pretty bad. And Tobias Harris has been emblematic of that since the All-Star break. He is 17 for 53. That's 32%. And he's taken the second most shots out there because they don't really have yeah. any other scoring because they're so banged up right now. But if Embiid doesn't come back, it's scary times right now in Philadelphia. Mike Mescala to the rescue? Is that the talk <laughs> in Philly, right? It could be. It could be. <laughs> they could maybe use him right now with no Embiid. Yeah, it's I, I got to check the stats as far as how bad they've been defensively since Embiid has gone out, but it is truly bad. It's on the defense end, and I'm struck by that because I thought some guys would give some effort. I mean, to be towards I mean, the bottom. True, but he's also the leading scorer in the league when he went out, and they are barely yeah. able to get to 100 points right now. Yeah, they can't do 100 points. This is totally true. Is it? It's pretty often these guys can't get to 100 points. Yeah. The last two games they've scored under 100, and prior to that, I think they were at 104. Prior to that, 96, 104. Like they just can't score without yeah. Embiid. The guy's obviously a bucket. Yeah, in today's and, NBA, and less it, than 100. And it's close. You're right. Magic and the Pacers are a half game back of Philly, who is holding on to the sixth spot, like the actual playoff spot. They're tied with the uh, Heat. Really, uh, the Heat have a tiebreaker, but um, yeah. I know the Magic have a very easy schedule, I believe, especially for this next little bit, so maybe they jump them, but it all comes down to, of course, Embiid. Completely different team if he plays. Probably a team no one wants to really see if he, if he comes back and he's healthy, but 
We're waiting to find out, even if he comes back. Yep. We don't know. We don't know. Uh, any other games, TK, that you wanted to touch on there from yeah. last night? Nah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, a lot of them were uh, a blowout. The Heat keep winning, took care of business there against the Blazers, and, and so on. So the, we'll call it there. The I just want to say the injuries are interesting with the Knicks at home to the Pelicans. Obviously, Randall and Ananobi out long term. No Brunson in this game, which is obviously huge yeah, for this yeah. team. I just wonder how long he'll be out. Because they seem to be, you know, dropping a little bit, just with all their injuries. Obviously, the reason yeah. why. Uh, also, Turtle was back. <laughs> Turtle was back. Jerry Turtle Ferrara was there okay. again. He was there again. All right. Yeah, when they when they did Celebrity Row, <laughs> not bad, not bad. Celebrity Row. Ferrara, Jeff Wahlberg, Mario Van Beebles. What the fuck? Uh, Hold on. Who the Jeff fuck are you Wahlberg? talking about? Jeff Wahlberg. <laughs> Jeff Wahlberg. He's an actor. I think he's a nephew of Donnie Wahlberg. Jeff Wahlberg. Anyways, let me. Hold on. There's a whole okay, list, okay? Well, I'm I sorry I started I with that. Just wait. Who was that third name you Boogie said? Boogie with the hoodie. Mark Ronson. Rosie Perez. See, it's getting better okay, it's here. Getting a little Tim better. Howard. Soccer star Tim yeah. Howard. Okay. Uh, Nate Followell of. Uh, Follow He's a drum, Kings drummer. Kings of Leon. Yeah, yeah exactly. Oh, okay. Will McDonald's and Mekki Becton. Football players. Uh, Bernard King, Tim Thomas, Latrell Sweetwell, Jerry Cooney, a former boxer, Joseph Newgarten. He's That's a racer of some, so he, he gets into a fast car. Odelia <laughs> Halavi, another style, actor. Man. I think we're done. I think that's the entire you're list. Saying, you're Band saying this Beatles. is good? This is not good. <laughs> it's not bad. Oh, Rosie know. Perez, Mark Bronson. That was Bronson. a Tuesday night celebrity row for the yeah. Knicks. Yeah, who's got a better one than that? We the were Lakers. having Lakers. every night. Yeah. Come on, that's a 10 for 10. That's not bad. You can name anybody <laughs> that's famous, 10. man. Rosie Perez, Mark Ronson's a hell of a <laughs> Mark, producer. Mark, Mark Ronson is probably the biggest name, I think. That's a damn good producer. Okay, so Rosie Perez, Tim Howard. Tim Howard doesn't no. I he not, counts, man. He's I, a I great count, American. I don't count athletes. Yeah, so not oh, really. you don't count no, athletes? No, not really. No. Okay, so beat me with a Lakers. Jack Nicholson. Okay, he's not there every night. That's true. Lou Adler. <laughs> so you got a couple maybe that show up sometimes. I'm showing you a Tuesday. Ronson, Boogie well, when, with the hoodie, Tim Howard. <laughs> Some former Knicks. I won't even count them. I think uh, um, the Lakers play tonight. Maybe, maybe the Clippers are the home well, team tonight. Who is Clippers Mark play Falwell. tonight. Yeah. Against the Lakers, don't Mark they? Mark Followell. <laughs> Mark Followell. Give he me a Jeff there. Skin Wade, maybe. <laughs> maybe. Yeah, maybe. Who, who do you have uh, current fame level right now? Rosie Perez or <laughs> Jerry Ferrara? Current. Hmm. That's a great question because they're past I think past Rosie the... Perez is... Oh. It's Let us know in the comments. <laughs> Jerry Ferrara, he's on playback with us, man. Like, I, I think I go Rosie Perez. I'm sorry. <laughs> no offense to Turtle, but... So you're saying to be on playback, you're bad. Well, I'm and saying you're not the biggest celebrity in the world. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's take a break. We'll take a break. And when we come back, we're going to get into the up-down uh... report. Don't go anywhere. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover... Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service that you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Spring is the best time to add new challenges to your training just in time for those warm summer days. Pool season's coming soon, so I've been hitting the weights with Peloton and my guy Adrian Williams, trying to get my muscle on in order to expand my cannonball splash radius. Peloton's varying class lengths were designed with your training plan in mind. It's easy to personalize your workout. 
Whether you'd like to add a 10 minute core session at the end of your strength class, or take a 60 minute power zone ride to increase your endurance, Peloton classes are designed to help focus on your needs and goals. There are a variety of classes like boot camps, boxing, full body strength, or marathon training, all created to grow your skills or push you to improve in what you already excel in. And their expert coaches and nonstop vibes will push you to new levels of strength and endurance, keeping you on your toes while giving you the professional coaching you need. Shout out to Adriana Aditi, Andy and Emma. I love you all so much. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, row or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Get your head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. All right, we're back in the classic factory learning things about Jeff Wahlberg. He's the nephew of Mark and Donnie. Yeah. Jim's his dad. Who's Jim Wahlberg? <laughs> How many are there? No wonder they got I a think, burger chain. I think there's nine Wahlbergs. Nine, <laughs> nine Wahlberg children. <laughs> Jim, Arthur, crap. Paul, Robert, Tracy, Michelle, Debbie, Donnie, and Mark. They got better as they went wow, on. Wow, wow. Nine Wahlbergs. The restaurant? <laughs> No, yeah. that's Wall Burgers, idiot. Anyway, From I the scre- window <laughs> to the Wahlburgers. Burgers. Nice. Um, and a no, guy I- named Paul Wahlburger. <laughs> Paul Wahlberg. What to do, baby? It's the people's champ. <laughs> Paul, Paul Wahlburger. That's uh, tough to say, man. Or- I still think the popularity of the list that I, I went through is decent. I, I don't know. I made the mistake of starting with some. Eh, names. Yeah, yeah, you did. Yeah, you were. So you you, dro- you dropped like a Mario Van Peebles, and I was like, <laughs> what? what? It was New like Jack that, City, Mario uh, this guy. Yeah, I mean, that yeah, yeah. once MVP. I see, nice. yeah, yeah, nice. this is definitely a guy you see in films, and you're like, oh, or whatever. That guy. What's that guy's name? Apparently, it's Mario Von People. I don't even know what I'm saying it right. Van Peoples, I guess. I don't. You're nailing it. Anyways, I said, Jeff Wahlberg. I always go nephew of Donnie Wahlberg. I don't think of Mark Wahlberg right away. I think Donnie's more famous than Mark. Oh boy, here. Let's have a debate about that. There's, it's not possible that he's more popular. I mean, than... Blue Bloods. Blue Bloods is big. Blue is that still on? Maybe. Uh, yeah, I can call my mom. Find out. It? Yeah. yeah that's a good call. <laughs> Let's get into the up down report. Preparing your tubes. It's the up down report. Okay, first one. In now deleted social media posts, LeBron James had harsh words for media speculation about Son Bronny's NBA draft projection. So he was reacting to ESPN removing Bronny from its 2024 mock draft and instead projecting him to be selected in 2025. LeBron tweeted, Can y'all please just let the kid be a kid and enjoy college basketball? The work and results will ultimately do the talking no matter what he decides to do. If y'all don't know, he doesn't care what a mock draft says. He just works. Earned, not given. He did have another tweet. Again, these have been deleted. Are you up or down on LeBron chastising the media over Bronny's mock draft reports? I got to go down specifically with this. I understand that he wants to defend his son. Why wouldn't he? I appreciate that. Yeah. That being said, they're making a mock draft. I don't think it's gone (laughs) too far. He definitely has said in the past, this guy could be playing for the current Memphis Grizzlies right now. He has gone out and tweeted that. Mm -hmm. And he said that. So for somebody to just put put him in a mock draft, I I don't think it's that despicable. And this is a freaking world. People write on Twitter over and over and over and over constantly. So it is unfortunate, I, I suppose. Uh, but really, 
Uh, I mean, people are just going to be talking about LeBron and when he's going to play with his son because that's what LeBron was talking that's about. That's what as he well. talked about, yeah. exactly. So I don't, I don't I'm, I'm all right with the mock draft. I'm okay with the mock draft. That's, <laughs> that's all it was. It wasn't a, even a, a, a bad report about Bronny and what he's doing at USC. So I don't know. It could be a lot worse, I guess. Are you thumbs up or thumbs down on LeBron chastising the media? Okay, you're thumbs up. He's got his kids back. Yeah, he's he had does. his kids back the entire time. When he's playing well, he's talking about how well he's playing. When he's not playing well, who cares? I would be the exact same way if my kid was a prospect. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, who you, cares? People say keep the same energy. He's keeping the same energy the no, whole time. Why is he deleting the tweets then? Yeah, because. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm, down, I'm down That's on lame. deleting a tweet, of course. But, yeah. uh, but you know. Yeah. I, mean, I, th- yeah, I think he ahead. gives his son even more publicity when he puts a tweet out there. Rather than just having the mock draft out there, and so. that's probably a negative. It's it's tough to keep your son, your kids, I'm sure, off social media. I uh, it must be scary for a child to have freaking social media out there and having to see that crap. Yeah, or, but or he did. But again, I call it crap. Le- it's a mock draft. Right. Eh. LeBron did bring. It's LeBron, so of course it's going to bring a lot of attention. But he didn't make it like he didn't dim in any uh, uh, much, or he did, he did not dim that spotlight on Bronny and his future career by all the stuff LeBron was saying over the last what year, where he is saying, yeah, he could. When he, he tweeted that one time when he was watching League Pass, and he's like, Bronny could beat these guys. <laughs> then he's talked about, yeah, we've heard reports say that he could play in the NBA right now. You know, he said this whole thing that he, of course, wants to play with his son. That's very cool. And that sort of sort of sparked all of this. So then to now turn around and be like, hey, leave him alone. It was like, you were, you were building him up, man. And now he's struggling. And now he's been slid to the 2025, whatever, mock. Um, he also, the kid did have like, you know, a cardiac arrest in yeah. July. It's pretty amazing he's even playing. Um, but it is weird that he deleted the tweets. I don't get that part. That's like very strange to me. Well, it's because everybody's pulling up the other tweets. <laughs> I guess They're like we saw your tweets before Right So now he's getting rid of these tweets Right, 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 right Covering his tracks Yeah, I guess so He's played in 19 games Bronny has Averaging 5.5 points 2.8 boards 2.5 assists In about 20 minutes And again, yeah He's been He was going to be sort of uh, Or he was being Mock draft in 2024 And now is being Bumped to 25 The idea being He's not ready He wouldn't He wouldn't be drafted But the interesting part is LeBron has so much sway that, like this is what's fascinating here. He could be drafted, no doubt, if LeBron wants him drafted, right, to a team, and he's hell bent on playing with them. A team would use a second round pick at the very least to obviously put him on a roster. But whether that's the right thing for his career, Bronny's career, you can debate. Probably not. Seems like he probably should stay, maybe in college for mm-hmm. another year. Yeah, it's possible. Yeah. I wonder if he just compares it to two thousand three, two thousand two, two thousand one, when he was on ESPN. He was getting all this publicity, but he didn't have to live through tweets. He didn't la- have to live through social media, which is unfortunate for what Bronny has to go through, what kids have to go through. Mm-hmm. That, that part stinks. Yeah. All right. Well, let's hear from you out there. Thumbs up or thumbs down on LeBron coming back, clapping back in the media. About Bronny and the mock drafts. Next one, uh, the Blazer, the Blazers, excuse me, posted a video over the weekend of DeAndre Ayton hitting a half-court shot underhanded. Uh, I think we have that clip. Here it is. Yeah, here's Ayton showing his uh, <laughs> his style from half-court. And we bring this up because Casey Holda, who covers the team, tweeted, I said it before, and I'll say it again. Toyota half-court shot contestants shoot underhand. Fun up-down question here. Are you thumbs up or thumbs down on someone shooting a half-court shot underhanded? Let's say for money at a game. 
<laughs> Let's not say like, of course you can do it in, in you know the comfort of your own YMCA, but for 10,000, can you step up there? Are you thumbs up or thumbs down? Someone's shooting it underhand. Imagine Max Struess did that last night. <laughs> <laughs> Just pulls up underhand. I mean, it makes sense. It does. Casey has like two tweets worth of tips regarding yep. this. He also tweeted, if you're reading this and you're not a natural shooter, which like a lot of people aren't, right? Attempted underhand, hold your arms at shoulder width, lock your wrists, go up and down a few times to get comfortable with the motion. Concern yourself first with a straight attempt. Then distance, <laughs> aim for the middle of the rectangle and let it fly. He continues, if you're a regular bowler, Consider the underhand one-hand shot. Whoa. That would be a wild move. No, that's only, a if you're, <laughs> only if a you're a regular bowler. bowler. If you're Ryan Seton, you get the call. <laughs> Pete Weber. Hang it up there. Um, yeah. But I actually think this is probably pretty smart. That's a far shot to shoot like a basketball. You either got to chest pass it or more likely to keep your arms the right way. Just throw it under. Think about what all the mascots do at halftime. Yep. They throw it over their heads backwards. Think about the guy Don Calhoun way back when. For the Bulls, hit the million-dollar shot. They told him, throw it like a baseball. Yeah. He threw it like a baseball. That's a far, far shot. Yeah, that was I crazy. don't understand the uh, <laughs> the measurements of it. Like, Max Struess's was, what, 59 feet? But when it happened, everybody was like, that's a 70-footer. I don't understand <laughs> how the measurements work there, but that's a long way to shoot for most people. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I think it makes sense. Thumbs up. What about you, Tash? Very interesting. Um, I gotta, I have to disagree with Casey Holdall on bowling and the one-arm <laughs> technique. Have you seen Jason Belmonte, old bellow? It's two hands now. Every every oh, kid the bowlers. Oh, bowlers. Yeah. I thought you were gonna tell me he was sitting courtside at a Knicks game or something like that. No. <laughs> Come on, you don't know bellow? I mean, that's Maria. No, no I son. don't. But I know what you're uh, talking about—the two-hand style in yeah, bowling now. Yes, yeah, I do yeah. know that. Yeah. Great podcast, him and Pablo Torre discussing where Bello came from. They told him, you can't you can't bowl like that, kid. You can't bowl like that, kid. Well, he started doing it. Now every kid is doing it. It's easier. I will say, Casey Holdall, not wrong about two hands in a basketball. For the half a basketball scenario. I think he's right about that. My ba- my my strength has become so much weaker in my arm since uh, since my accident. I wish I was doing it with two hands. I wish mm. I was pulling a, a Rick Barry. This just makes me think of Rick Barry shooting mm. Grandma style from the free throw line, which my man Ben Simmons should probably do. You know that kind of thing. But half court, it, it everybody does it, or or not every single half court shot contestant, as Casey Holdall mentions, has done it. He's just telling people no, he's just to telling. do it because yeah. that's because he that sees these far. people step up there and airball it left yeah. and right, like like I do all the what, time. That's why that's what what Trey was saying about the 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 distance. It looks far for any person to be shooting from that distance. Yeah. That's why you got to be doing it with two hands. So Casey's right about that. I, I'm thumbs up just to echo what Trey said. I guess what Casey actually tweeted. If you do not play a lot of basketball, 100% if you're selected to do this. That makes a ton of sense. I think if you're a little more comfortable, you play. Of course, people are com- you know or can get comfortable because you just shoot enough of them uh, to just shoot it like, you know, I guess normal or overhand. But uh, yeah, definitely. Definitely if you do not play a lot of basketball. I think it helps your chances because you got to give it a chance. That's the thing. You got to get on the rim. And a lot of people, yeah, they can't generate the power and obviously the height to give it a go um, yeah. from half. But How about this from Gma in mm-hmm. the stream team? With the players watching? LeBron's going to clown me on social media. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. That's right. They will make fun of you. Unless it goes in. Unless it goes in. Yeah. It does make you think, though, like people have been shooting a basketball the same way for 70 years. <laughs> 
one guy in the 1950s invented jump shots and we stuck with it. Meanwhile, we got this bowling guy who's revolutionized the game. Who's going to come out with a new shooting style? And will it ever happen? I mean, well, yeah, within a game, question. tough to shoot underhand. Uh, in I'm the just saying there's got to be another. There's got to be another way out there. <laughs> oh, okay. I don't know what it is. But jumping Joe Folks came through with the jump shot, and we stopped innovating right then. Right. And I mean, we have the hook shot, which you don't see a lot. You're right. So maybe we just go back to someone like just that's their go-to. That'd be awesome. From everywhere on yep. the floor. Yeah. Kareem style. Or uh, a two-hander, like a soccer inbound, like Tim Howard probably did. You know, just over, <laughs> I, how else would you do Howard it? style. Yeah. How else would just, just chuck it? Yeah. I think that's the only way, really. Okay. And But people should be doing it from the free throw line as well. Should be pulling the DeAndre and some, some people. But, yeah, people are shooting really well from the, the free throw line this year. It's going up and up. Well, speaking of shooting from distance, uh, Joe Dumars told ESPN uh, that the league's competition committee has officially begun reviewing whether the game has tilted too far toward offense these high-scoring games, and whether changes need to be implemented to achieve some better balance. Uh, great article on ESPN, uh, breaking all this down and you know the scoring surge and all of that. So one popular idea that's been floated around for a while now uh, is to just get rid of the corner three, which has exploded in takes and makes over you know at least the last decade or so and is a big part of why you know scoring is up, up, up. So are you up or down? On this idea of eliminating the corner three from the NBA game, at first I just I couldn't take it. I couldn't look at this. I just I'm just You're too disgusting. much of a traditionalist to see this and say, "Wow, this is this is what players do." But I do think it makes sense. I do think that players will literally still be standing there, right? Because you have to space out your offense the exact same way. I think it still makes sense, but to knock it down to two points, I think it's logical. It feels extremely weird just looking at a basketball floor like that, but I think it is extremely logical. It makes sense. So you would just have the three-point line sort of just continue at its arc, sort of out of bounds. Yeah. And it wouldn't taper to the sides and allow room there in the corners. Yeah, as you've seen it drawn up here in the diagrams, I think it makes sense. We sometimes go to floors where a floor is just not wide enough, in <laughs> fact. True. So there's no corner threes. I know it feels weird, but really, the three also just becomes a little bit longer because the corner threes are shorter. Yeah. Um, it is a funny thing when you really think about the three-point line that at some points on the floor, <laughs> it's actually shorter but still worth three points. It's just a weird thing when you really stop and think about it. Yeah. Uh, and, and so some other people say, well, make the court wider. You've talked about this for years. Make the court wider and then make the three-point line actually uniform mm. to the same distance all mm -hmm. the way down and it's a further shot i don't think that changes a ton i think these guys are so talented uh, you know obviously from deep now but uh okay so you're sort of you're coming around on yeah this, what yeah you're saying and as we get you think it would work and as we get debating about well the offense is just too high there's just too many points this would change it a little bit uh, you know it would reduce the in offense theory, a little bit in theory in theory TK, are you up or down on eliminating the corner three-pointer? Sorry, I'm just doing a quick little bit of math here. It appears there is about eight and three-quarters, three corner threes taken per team, per game. Okay. So, I mean, if you're assuming they shoot, I don't know, 40% from the corners, you're taking away three or four points. Mm -hmm. That's not a huge mm -hmm. effect, uh, especially because you'll still be getting two points and people will definitely move above the break and just shoot it from there instead. But it does get away the easiest shot. I think it would be smarter to keep 
the line the same distance the entire way around, widen the lane, but I really don't think that's going to have a huge difference on scoring. The thing that would really change it is that they adjusted the defensive three seconds rule. Yeah. Maybe make it a defensive five seconds rule because J.J. Redick just had Luka Doncic on his podcast. He was talking about how Luka said it's easier to score in the NBA than it is uh, in FIBA games, and it's because of the defensive three seconds. He just waits until that guy has to leave and then goes to the lane. There's nobody there. Yeah. So if you make it so that a guy can hang out in the lane, that gives the defense another player right there to help uh, defend the rim. But then we're also talking about going back to low-scoring basketball games. I prefer high-scoring basketball games myself. Yeah, Mm. so you think it's more likely, if they were to do a rule change to try and curtail this crazy scoring, you would like to see them go more to the eliminate the defensive three-second or at least make it longer than changing the floor dimensions and stuff like that. I don't think they'll do that. You don't think they'll do that? No, I think that would make it too defensively focused, and I don't think that that's what the mm. league wants. I thought Drew Holiday had a great idea. Call it like it's the playoffs. Yeah. Because yeah. everybody loves the playoffs, and defenders play defense. Yeah. yeah. They just allow it to be a little bit more physical in the in the playoffs and that's exactly what Drew Holiday was saying and that sort of makes sense to that degree yeah taking away the defensive three second does make more sense I mean the NBA is not going to go drastic and just take out the the corner shot right here and there they're still going to ask referees just let them play a little bit more physical defense I think I think that'll be a part of it I think uh, just taking away moving screens that are so moving that they open up guys and, and they're not called for screens is what I'm saying. That You just allow big guys to just hit guys. I think taking that away and calling actual fouls there will help things. But So this, it's a little contradictory, right? Yeah. You're saying allow them to be a little more physical, but then sort of, you know, call those offensive moving screens and bumping guys and getting in the way. Yeah. You want them to, like, call those. I, I'm but, not disagreeing. But, it, it's, but I think it's an that advantage takes, for the offense, for sure. Yeah, exactly. It takes away some points. Yeah. It just will, but uh, I, I do think taking away just 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 because we're dreaming here, we're we're just blue sky in here. But taking away the corner threes makes the offense a little bit more creative. You know, it's it's back to like what Popovich said during his Hall of Fame speech, saying, ah, you know, yeah, n- new basketball is kind of all right, I, but I like old basketball where they didn't have a three point line, where the ball will be moved a little bit more throughout. The entire floor, so it'll make it a little bit more fun. Anyways, this conversation is fun, but I did, I did like in the article Joe Dumars. One thing he said was like, you know, you, we can sit here and debate whether people like these high scoring games, but he's like, what people really want is competitive, yes, close games. It doesn't matter if it's one hundred one to one hundred or one fifty one to one fifty. No one cares. They just want close games. Part of the issue, though, I think, is with the three point shot and how much they take of them and how great they are at shooting them the variance in these games can just get out of control. I mean, for example, obviously the Bulls is a is a on one end of the spectrum going 2 for 29, but it's just like that it feels like that feeds in and breathes life into these blowouts because of the three-pointer yeah. and how many they take and and like one night you're on and one night you're the other team isn't and it's just like suddenly it's a 25 point, you know, win. That said, what's refreshing is you can be down 15 points in today's NBA game. It's like no big deal. You can be down 10 points with four minutes to go and have the lead two minutes later because mm-hmm. of the three point shot. So it's like, uh, which one do we do here? So it'll be interesting if they change anything at all, but I think it, I don't think it's going to be the court dimensions. I think like the three point line, I, I think it'll be a rule defensive three seconds, how they call fouls, stuff like that. And that's probably the way to start with it. Yeah. I think. Yeah. yeah, totally. Next one. Final one in the up down report, the Charlotte Hornets are continuing their quest to slowly swap franchises with the Oklahoma City Thunder. They are signing Alexei Pokachevsky 
Poku himself. He was waived by OKC a few days ago as part of their sort of roster preparation for the playoffs, you know, going Biombo. He only played 60 minutes so far this season for OKC. He barely played. Um, but are you up or down on the Hornets taking a flyer here on Poku? Up or down, what do you think? Um, huge up. Huge up. As you said, this is like the Thunder B uh, because they have so many <laughs> They've players. They've got four guys now, don't they? Yeah, since the trade. They've got a man and Trey Mann. Um, <laughs> they got a Meech. They got a Meech. Meech. Scott on Meech. They got Bertons, don't they? Yeah. Bertons was a Thunder. Yeah. He was. And now Poku. Uh, like yes, and now Poku. A quarter of their roster. Give it That's a shot. A smart way to rebuild. <laughs> All the guys that the Thunder don't have room for, we'll take them. Like, sure. They've got so many draft picks the next few years, yeah. they right. literally won't be able to keep all the guys on the roster. But we know Sam Presti is a good drafter. So just take the scraps. <laughs> it's worked for the Thunder, or for the Hornets, yeah. who used to play in Oklahoma City. Ooh, Ooh nice. Good nice. back the Nooch jerseys. forgot about that. So you're up on this. Like, why not? You're the Hornets. Why not? Poku has showed flashes Very at times. Flashes. You know, over the last couple of his careers, few and far between recently. Uh, but TK, are you thumbs up or thumbs down? Oh, I'm, I'm definitely up on okay. it. Who knows if he'll do anything, but at least they'll have an opportunity to try some stuff. They also have a – I see Teo Maladon was on the roster. Oh, wow. Another Thunder guy. Oh, that's five. There have mm. already been 25 players to play this season for the for Hornets. For the Hornets. Mm. <laughs> I, wonder, I don't know what the record is. It's got to be high. It's got to be close. Huh. Yeah, probably. Knocking on the door. Um, they are playing Bertons. I was shocked by that. It totally, it totally skipped <laughs> oh, my mind, but I'm playing Poku over Bertons. Oh, wow. And I'm playing Salty Tail Maladon as well. Why am I <laughs> uh, one of Poku's best games as a pro. I looked it up. Came against the Hornets back in 2021. It was, uh, you know, it was an April game, so it was the end of the uh, regular season. <laughs> That's the time to come. But he scored 25 points. He grabbed nine boards. He had four assists, and he hit seven threes in that game against Charlotte. So now he is on the Hornets, and most people are thumbs up on Poku sticking around in this league because he just got waived, and now he's in Charlotte. Let's hear from you guys. All of those fun up-down report questions, drop your thumbs in the chat. Let's hear your thoughts. I got to get something off my chest. Nothing drives me crazier than sending a message to a group chat and getting no response. That's why I'm a big emoji responder. Love a hang-loose hand or a salute. But man, it hurts when you send a message and get nothing back. Ouch! We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. Therapy isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash NoDunks today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash NoDunks. This episode of No Dunks is brought to you by BetterHelp. Time for Tweet of the Night. Mmm. Tweet of the Night. Wow. Twitter. This was a little difficult for me. I hate to say it, but Twitter was popping last evening. There was a <laughs> lot going on. We saw OKC's postgame interview where they drag in all their players quite Love often. That. Josh Giddy was given 
Huge kudos to Dave Bliss, their defensive coach. Dave Bliss, and then Bismack Biombo comes in and they say, "Hey, Bismack, bark for us, bark for us." <laughs> and he barked. Uh, he barked. And he barked. He did, uh, as you said, Muscala. He's gonna get bought out. Woj, Woj told everybody, "Where will Moose go? Where will the Moose go?" Very interesting stuff here. But I'm going with Trey Young, who had surgery on his left hand, on his left pinky finger, in in mm. fact, and so. The tweet was just Trey sitting in his bed, okay, and and from NBA Centel, not NBA Central, uh, NBA Centel. Draymond Green visited Trey Young at the hospital. Hold on, Draymond what? Green is there? Hold on a second, because there is somebody standing over with with Trey, and it kind of looks like well, he's Draymond wearing Warriors Green. blue. I think that's a uh, part of the problem. Here, but he's but got yes. a, he's got a great chin. He's holding yeah. a coffee. Uh, so then, Trey's dad. That's who it was. Trey's dad tweets. Ray Young says, dang, Trey, you see how they do me? I know me and Money Green's some dark brothers, but I'm only 5'11 with gray hair. Plus, I'm 46. Uh, I just, yeah, well, he looks good for 46. I mean, he just called you a basketball player. That's pretty good. Yeah, right. Yeah. Future Hall of Famer. So, yeah, tweet of the night as in, this is good for Ray Young. Uh, But it's unfortunate that Trey's in there. She's got surgery on his finger. Um, it looks but, wild, eh? Yes, it does. It took me back. I was like, holy crap, what the hell's... Is he okay? Yeah. Like, I was like, I had to like remember, like, what did he get surgery on again? Because like, yeah, yeah. He, so he's in the, obviously the hospital bed, and I'm sure coming off some medication and all that, but like the hand's super bandaged up. It's just for the pinky, but yep. it's, uh, you know, required surgery, and he's going to be out. I mean, you see the photo like that, and you're like, well, he's definitely going to be out for more than four weeks, it feels like. <laughs> but um, fun tweet there from... Uh, Mr. Young himself. Mr. Young. Did Draymond res- respond? I don't think With so. With a laughing emoji himself? He was playing last night. Mm, right. He's in D.C. I think he's following <laughs> He's following NBA Central and not NBA Centel. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I forgot. Uh, yeah, because I, I, you know, I thought that was NBA Central at first, <laughs> which is extremely careful, popular. Man. Yeah. Gotta be careful. All right. That's Tweet of the Night. That's today's classic. Well, hopefully it's a classic. You tell us. Hit the like button, subscribe, leave us a five-star rating and review. Six games on tonight, two on ESPN, Pelicans Pacers, okay. Lakers Clippers is the late game. We also have Mavs Raps, Grizz Wolves, Cavs Bulls, Kings Nuggets. Kings Nuggets is uh, interesting. Also on tonight, two-hour premiere of Survivor 46. Jeff Propes versus... 18 contestants, I guess. I don't know how many are there. <laughs> you consider him a competitor, huh? <laughs> in a way. He is trying to hold them down. Yeah, in He's a the way. one sending them off the island. Well, Probe says he's going to be more salty this year. Oh. Like, he's not going to be so kind with them. Kids' gloves are off again. Oh, so Probe's might be bringing and asking the hard-hitting questions. Uh, <laughs> Great. When they get to the Love a salty tribal Jeff. council. Yeah. So anyway, uh, all that means is no buffs is also back tomorrow. Breaking down tonight's premiere episode, uh, No Buffs, the link to YouTube is in the show notes, so we encourage you to subscribe to that. Search for No Buffs wherever you download and listen to podcasts, subscribe to that, and uh, yeah, we'll be going live around 1 p.m. on Thursday. Yeah. That's tomorrow. But we'll be here at 10 a.m. to talk about all the basketball. Till then, Clipper Bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us, and remember, I am taking a huge risk here but i want to know about your guys take on the ai survivor game <laughs> there's a new survivor game the meta quest you... game or whatever yeah. yeah i'm only taking a risk here because i i know we should go into it for a long period of time and yeah, we're not going to do that long, yeah. uh, we can do a whole episode but on it's it. a game 
in a game where you play Survivor. What do you guys think? It and looks what, like that. I mean, well, what do you think of the graphics? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty rudimentary. <laughs> but if I had a quest, I'd throw it on my face and be on the island tonight. Like, also, if we could battle each other, it'd be incredible. Yeah. Simotion? Oh, how great would it be to do Simotion? <laughs> Instead of, it's like a beat saber, but ball saber. <laughs> ball saber. <laughs> nice. Oh, yeah. So, th- I mean, you guys got to talk about this on your show. I Because I didn't even realize that you have to put the headset on. I assume, first. yeah. I think yeah. so, yeah. Immersive experience. Yeah. You got to starve oh. yourself for 26 <laughs> days. Anytime you have that on, you cannot eat. <laughs> it's like that I think you should leave sketch where he doesn't his body works. <laughs> Breathe. Breathe, Dad. <laughs> All right, we'll talk about that on tomorrow's No Bus. We'll see you tomorrow morning. Brace the day, people.